0: Well, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome home. We are so glad that you're here and you're with us today. We are in the middle of a series called Unwrapped, opening the real gifts of Christmas. And we've been unpacking some different gifts that you see here today. And today we are going to be learning about a new gift that Jesus gives us. Jesus came into the world to give us the gift of joy. Yeah, Jesus came into the world to give us the gift of, let's say it together, joy, joy. That's what we're going to be unwrapping today. Jesus came so that in the midst of the painful, we could be joyful. Jesus came so that when life is painful, we can be joyful. And so this morning, what we're going to do for just a few minutes is to unpack this gift and just ask some what, when, where, why, how about this gift of joy that we're going to be talking about today. And first of all, just answering the question, what is joy? Joy is a little bit different than happiness. Sometimes when we think of happiness, we think of an emotional feeling that we get, maybe uh, when something good happens in our life. And the problem with that is, is sometimes good things aren't happening in our life, or haven't happened in our life, or maybe haven't happened and aren't happening in our life. And so... There's no emotional feelings of happiness there, and and Jesus knew that. And so rather than just bringing happiness, Jesus brings us joy. And joy is a heart-filled gladness despite circumstances that are going on in our life. This gift that Jesus gave us is fireproof. It's a gift that goes with us during the good times and the bad times and the in-between times. I share that with you today, and the reason that really the question why is it so important is that joy keeps our heart glad during difficult times. Read that with me. It keeps your heart glad. Any of you ever went through a difficult time? I have. Maybe some of us are going through that now. This gift that we're talking about today, have you ever had somebody give you something that you actually need? You know, we all have had somebody give us something, and you're like, oh, thanks. And then we re-gift it to somebody. Or we somehow lose it. Oh, yeah, I don't know where that gift was you gave me. I'm not sure. I don't know where that went. But then there are times where we'll get somebody a gift they need, or they, somebody gives us a gift that they need. And when you get the gift, you're like, oh, I needed that. I was running out of that, or, or I've always wanted that and needed that. Joy is a gift that God gives us that we need. And it does its best work during difficult times. So before we move on for just a second, we have to understand today that God is giving us gladness in our heart. Despite the madness that's going on in the world, cancer, marital problems, financial problems, job problems, bullying problems, whatever the situation is for anybody, this joy makes our heart glad despite those topics that I just named. That's the gift. That God gives us because of his grace, and that's why that gift is so important in our lives. Paul's writing to Philippi he's a uh, writer of the Bible and an apostle and a messenger who went through all kinds of struggles and and trials and Paul was arrested and shipwrecked and in fact he's in jail as he's writing this letter to Philippi and his attitude is different than what you could imagine. He says, not that I was ever in need, he's talking about, and he's in jail, for I have learned how to be content, let's finish it, with whatever, and I, and I know how to live on almost what? Or with everything, and I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach, or whether it is with no stomach, with you know being empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What a powerful statement for somebody who's in prison to write this. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. In fact, this letter that Paul writes to Philippi, he uses the word joy 16 times in that letter. Have you ever asked somebody how they're doing? And you really didn't mean to you really didn't want to know exactly everything that was going on with them. You just asked how they're doing. And they respond to you with, horrible, life's horrible. This happened and that happened and this other thing happened. And you're just around that situation like, man, this is just, they don't have gladness in their heart. And then you see other people who are dealing with situations and struggles and all kinds of stuff. And for whatever reason, something's just kind of lifting them above it. They're going through it. They're dealing with it. But at the same time, it's not keeping them down. That's the gladness in their heart that joy gives us. So now that we understand what it is and and why we need it, who supplies us with this gift of joy? I think a better question to ask is, who doesn't supply us the gift of joy? Our spouse doesn't supply us the gift of joy. Our job doesn't supply us the gift of joy. Friends at school don't supply the gift of joy. Being, having our health doesn't always supply us with the gift of joy. In most of our lives, I see many times in our lives we see people who spend a lot of their time basing whether they're full of joy or not off of somebody else meeting a somebody's need or or some situation going the way it's supposed to go. But the Holy Spirit is the one who fills our life with joy. It's not circumstances, it's not people, it's Jesus Christ. I share that with you because sometimes we spend a lot of time, energy, and effort looking for joy in the wrong people and in the wrong circumstances, rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us with joy. Paul says to his letter in Galatia that the Holy Spirit produces several types of fruit, fruit. In our lives, he produces love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control. One of those you see is joy. In other words, joy is a spiritual filling rather than an emotional feeling. Say that with me joy is a spiritual filling. Rather than an emotional feeling. feeling. Most of us at times can base our life based on how we feel. Be honest with you here. I shared this in the first service. Whitney and I have been married 18 years. And we've got a good marriage. But I remember early on I was pretty selfish. And if she would have based whether to stay with me or not on how she felt about me? I don't know. We get in trouble when we base relationships off feelings or we live our life based on feelings. Just like our relationship with god marriage is is not just feelings it's commitment and i look back over that first year and i see that probably she was basing her staying with me on commitment not feelings sometimes in our walk with god it's like that there's a 400 year years of silence we talked about in the from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and there are times where we don't feel God close to us, or we don't feel these feelings of love and joy and peace all the time. We we don't feel them, and so sometimes we just forget about them. Have you ever had like a somebody give you a gift and you lost track of it in your house, and then all of a sudden you find it somewhere and you're like, I didn't even know I had that. And sometimes life has a way of of pushing the gifts that God gives us to the back. And we forget that we don't have to be joyless. We forget that even though things are painful, we can have joy. We forget that even when we lose joy, joy can be restored in our lives. And it's because somehow through, it could be sin or it could just be through a bunch of circumstances. Rather than letting God fill our hearts... We've based it on a feeling. And and Jesus didn't come to meet your emotional feelings all the time. He came to fill you. Jesus came. This is your heart. Jesus came to fill your heart with joy. And that joy that He brings into your heart has nothing to do and is not dependent upon certain circumstances. So we have to stop trying to feel joy and start seeking to be filled with joy. Say that with me. Stop trying to feel joy and start seeking joy. When Whitney and I started dating, we'd talk on the phone for like three hours, and now she'd be okay if I'd talk on the phone for three minutes. And you know, early on, I mean, I did all these different things. You know, we did—I did this scavenger hunt date for, her, and we did all this feeling stuff, right? Of, of all kinds of, you know. Creative dates and movies and letters and cards and all this kind of stuff that you know you see about, but then you you get married and you life gets busy and now we're like, hey, our anniversary's Monday. You want to go eat? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. When we become a Christian, we get so excited and full of emotion because we, we realize that God has saved us from a lot of stuff. But then there are times where God calls us to actually have to have faith and trust. And the excitement of that relationship that started doesn't always have feelings involved in it. You want me to what? You want me to leave all that I have and go start a new nation? He tells Abraham, Moses, I want you to take a bunch of whining Jews out in the middle of the desert for 40 years. They're not going to say thank you. They're going to gripe. They're going to complain. And if we base everything off feelings, I know that I'm laboring this point, but I think It's important. If we base everything off how we feel, we're in trouble. What if instead of waiting to feel things, to say things, what if we started seeking to be filled with God? How do we maintain that joy in our lives? How do we stay filled? It's through intimacy with God. That's how we're able to have heart gladness in the middle of madness, in the middle of sadness, in the middle of trials. Intimacy with God enables us to stay filled with joy. doesn't mean that we're going to stay with emotional feelings, but it means that we can stay filled with His joy. There's a lot of people that I love dearly in my life and at some point I have, I will let them down. And the people that you care about at some point have probably in a small or big way let you down. And maybe some of us have had a lot of people let us down. God doesn't let us down. And if we're looking for other people to keep us filled with joy, we're going to be joyless. Because people have bad days. People don't always have the right mindset. People do stupid things. And yet, God gives us this grace that says in the middle of their stupid stuff, in the middle of this situation that took place, in the middle of confusion or not understanding what just happened, we can we can have some painful unhappiness going on, but yet have this gladness in our heart. My wife had a person she knows in Fort Scott. She has... I think two kids and a husband. She's in her mid-30s and she got cancer and there was a battle with that. And long story short, she ended up dying. And it's it's sad. And the other day we were at a Christmas program up there and we watched their little girl sing. Because everybody's just blah, you know, crying. And we watched her through Facebook and continue to give God praise when she had a death sentence. And we've seen her husband keep breathing and keep putting one foot in front of the other. You can't produce that. It doesn't come from being a great strong person. There are things that happen in our lives that you don't have the strength or the organization skills or the planning skills or the non-emotional motor to get through it. You just don't have it. It ain't in there. And the gift that we, God gives us are for those times where your human nature doesn't have the skill set to be able to deal with this circumstance. And God is saying to us, don't forget that when you're in that struggle, it's not your joy, it's not your strength, it's not your fruit, it's not your power. This is something that's bigger than you can control, Kyle, and yet you can be glad because it's grace that I've given you to enable you to be glad. But it's fueled and powered through a relationship with God. You know how we how do we how do we how do we stay close to God? Through his word, through prayer, Driving your truck or your car, walking down the hallway at work or at school and talking with the Lord. You don't have to talk out loud and look like an idiot. You can just talk while you're looking. God, would you just be with me today? Lord, would you help me to say the right thing? I'm going to go over to their house for Christmas, and you know that guy's dumb, and he's going to say something dumb. And everybody else just sits there and let him be dumb, but I just want to say something. So you spend extra time with God that week and He gives you the power to not say something dumb to the person who's acting dumb. That doesn't come from yourself. It comes from God. Where can we find the gift of joy? I think that's where the people of Israel were for that 400 years. And then all of a sudden, God starts bringing hope and joy. And he meets with, the angel meets with Joseph and Mary and Zechariah, and he starts putting stuff in play. And Joseph and Mary take this journey to Bethlehem, and they have this baby in a barn. and these nobody shepherds are out doing their thing full of full of joylessness and feeling like this is my life and then something happens fear not for behold I bring you good news. Folks, did you know today that you have good news? The good news is not that that situation that's on your mind necessarily is going to change. It might. It may not. The good news is the people around you that are frustrating you. They may not stop frustrating you. The good news is not... All of a sudden you're going to make more money and it's going to fix your problems. The good news is people at school are going to just all of a sudden stop bullying you. That may not happen. The good news is not that all of a sudden you're going to find the person you've been looking for and you're lonely and you're struggling. The good news is not these outer things, these external things. The good news is that Jesus came into the world. And he was born in a manger, and he lived a sinless life. And as, because he lived a sinless life, he was able to be the sacrifice, and he died for our sins, and he was resurrected on the third day. And because of that, we can have heart gladness in the midst of sadness. We, can, we, we are able to be what God's called us to be and to demonstrate his fruit to other people. That's the good news. Jesus came into the world to give us The gift of heart gladness. We find joy not in people or stuff, but in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Joy is contagious. As people see joy in you, what is it? Why are they different? What roadblocks joy in our lives? Sin. If we're involved in things we shouldn't be involved in, we're not going to have. Real joy. We could have some moments of happiness, but not that lasting joy. Another thing that can roadblock joy is when we, we become roadblocked when joy is a feeling rather than a choice. David, who'd been through a bunch of stuff in his life, some of it other people caused, and some of it he caused. But he was described as a man after God's own heart. And he writes a really familiar psalm that many of us probably know. And if you don't, it says, this is the day the Lord has made. You hear people say, well, you know, I'll, I'll start a diet tomorrow. I'll say I'm sorry tomorrow. I'll make things better tomorrow. I'm going to try to be a better person tomorrow. And David says, no, today. This is the day. That the Lord has made. And notice it doesn't say we feel. What's it say? We. 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 Sounds like a choice to me. The first year of our marriage, we're still married because my wife chose to stay married to me. Not because she always felt love for me. That was stupid. You can't base relationships on feelings. And all of us know that cognitively. And you're sitting here going, give me something else. Give me something else. Well, you might know it cognitively, but our actions sometimes act like we don't know it. I'm not blowing anybody's mind with feeling versus feeling. You all know that. But do we live that? This is the day that the Lord has made. Whether the doctor comes in and gives me a good report or a bad day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Whether my child turns out just how I want him to or not, this is the day that the Lord has made. On the days where I'm misunderstood and I want to clear my name but the Lord won't let me, this is the day That the Lord has made. We feel, no, we will rejoice and be glad in it. But our bad theology says this this is the day I don't feel as bad. So at least for today, I feel somewhat glad. That's cheesy, I know. But really, that's what we do in our lives. We base, whether we're having a good day or not, based on if things went exactly well. This is the day I don't feel as bad, so at least for today I feel somewhat glad. Jesus didn't come into the world for this. Jesus did not come into the world for this statement. He came into this world so that we could say, this is the day on the good days and the bad days, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. I'm not talking about marriage between a man and a woman. I'm talking about a marriage between us and God. For better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. And death does not do us part. That's the gift of joy. This message has been leading up to two words. Let's read them. Say it with me. Choose. Ellie's sitting in front of me here. If she gave me this gift here, I can choose to use that gift because I have it. When you re-gift something, you can re-gift it because you have it. If I didn't have the gift, and Ellie or somebody didn't give me the gift, I don't have anything to give someone else. So I can't choose to use something I don't have. We can use to use my truck, or we can use use my wife's SUV. Why? Because we have two cars. If we only had one car, I can't choose to use a second car. I don't have two cars, I have one. Jesus gave us all these gifts. Are we using them? One of those gifts is joy. And once you've been given joy through accepting Jesus into your heart and he's filled you up, you have a choice. Am I going to use that or not? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I have access to those because I have a relationship with Jesus. He gave me those gifts. Are they just going to sit in the back of the closet and, and, and have dust? Or am I going to choose to use the gifts that I've been given? Choose joy. Choose gladness. We can sing joy to the world with our lips because joy to the world is in our hearts. As the band's coming up, we've got these little barrel here, and inside of it. We've got this little wristband you can see that, could you read what's on that? So normally when w- this series we've been putting several stations for people to come and grab joy because it's easier for this group to get it there than it is for them to have to walk over here and so on. But I got to thinking, there's only one place that you can find real joy. I mean, people try to find joy in a lot of other places in people, but it leaves you empty. You see musicians that have all the money in the world and fame and groupies and all this stuff that they want and houses and cars. You see athletes and With all this stuff and cars and you see all these people that have all this material stuff. In fact, Solomon talked about it. He said, I've tried all those things. I've had all the stuff there is in the world. You know what? It's meaningless. So why in the world, if these people are so full of happiness and joy, are they strung out on drugs and you hear stories all the time about people that are ending their own lives? Maybe joy isn't found in in playing a guitar or having money or having all these things. Maybe there's just not joy there. I think the answer is there isn't joy there. There's only one place that you can find joy. So we have one barrel today. And symbolically, for those who choose to come up, you're coming to the one place. So I know it's going to be a log jam but that's what that's for one place to find joy it's Jesus Christ We have these little wristbands that say choose joy and symbolically today if you were, if you make the choice to choose joy come get a wristband And may it be a reminder to you that on the good days and the hard days and the nasty, ugly, horrible days that you can have gladness in your heart despite the painfulness in your life. That is joy to the world that Jesus came for. Before we do that, I want us to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes before you eat dinner you wash your hands today before we grab one of these wristbands it would be more meaningful if we confessed or if we let God fill us you've been searching for a feeling for somebody to love you or for something to go the way you would like it to and maybe it's not working out that way. In fact, maybe you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you'd like to do that, just pray this in your heart. Lord Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. I ask you to be my joy. Father, I confess the idol of putting somebody else or something else in front of you and that thing or that person has let me down and so I'm staying joyless. And I'm realizing today, God, that it's you that has to be first and that's where my joy comes from. So Father, as David prayed, would you restore to me the joy of my salvation? Or for the first time, would you give me your joy of salvation? Father, I acknowledge that when I'm filled with your joy, because I've received your gift, I can choose it. And I make the commitment today to choose joy. I don't feel joy. But I choose joy. with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer or something like that, would you just slip your hand up real quick? Amen. Who chooses joy today? Let's stand together.
1: Joy to
0: Teenagers to carry the Messiah? Why didn't God allow there to be room in the end? Why was Jesus born in a manger, in a stable? Why did God decide that the first people that He was going to tell after the Messiah was born was some shepherds? Why did Jesus pick cussing sailors to be his disciples. God was always choosing the the least of these. Maybe you've had a you want an in life not a stable life, right? The stable, the manger is where Jesus was born and you resent the fact that your life hasn't been the hotel life it's been the stable life and your marriage has been a stable instead of the hotel and your your whole life has been this way what, what would it look like for you to stop resenting that start embracing the fact that that jesus came into the world and it gives all these examples of of people and stories and locations so that we could not only just identify with them but we could realize it's for us you can have joy you are not the exemption Your life story does not make you exempt from having joy. How people have treated you or are treating you does not make you exempt from having joy. Just like a a hotel didn't stop Jesus from coming into the world and a couple of teenagers didn't stop Jesus from doing what He was called to do. Herod couldn't stop what Jesus was calling, wanting to have done. Choose joy, not just for other people, but for you, not tomorrow, not when things get better. As David said, today, this is the day I choose joy. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for who you are. thank you, Lord, that joy to the world is not peace on earth in terms of no wars or no strife or no hard times, but joy to the world is on the inside. We give you praise and glory for who you are. Father, my prayer is that we would choose it not just now, but every day. We thank you and give you praise for who you are. In Jesus' name.